today on Locked On Anaheim Ducks. I'm joined by Kyle Demetrius from Locked On Sharks, and we have a mailbag segment. Hey, how about that? All of this on today's Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, guys, it is Friday afternoon. Thank God for that. And I'm joined by the one and only Kyle Demetrius from Locked On Sharks. He's a trivia expert, as you guys will be hearing later this year. Hint, hint. Is that a preview of things to come? I think so. Because if you heard previous Jeopardy episodes, Cal Demetrius curbs onto everybody in an episode. Thus, he's coming back on the Tournament of Champions. We have one more slot to fill. How about that for an introduction? Trivia whiz extraordinaire. How's it going, Kyle? Uh, I'm I'm good. I uh, I love trivia. I have so much useless shit, and I wish people would pay me in real life. <laughs> uh, also, one in... Technically, I, as far as I know, if you use my real name, which I will not be saying here, uh, I'm one of three that I found, uh, which is pretty good in a world of eight billion. <laughs> it could be worse. Like my name could be like John Smith, and there's what, like two hundred million John Smith. Eleven billion. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, uh, I don't, I don't know how many Jason Hernandez's there's, there are. There's but a that few. Seems, there's a few. It seems like it seems like everybody who is Spanish, but then emigrated to the states. After like one generation, you have the chance of getting like an English name. Yep. And then the Spanish name continues. So <laughs> I imagine, I imagine, and you're in SoCal, so I imagine there's there's a there's a few, right? There's a small smattering of Jason Hernandez's, not a whole lot, but a small smattering here and there. Um. Also, also, I want to say Ryan Merkley on your podcast was very fun. All that meat looked really damn good. Uh. Well, that would that's not him, right? That's uh. Oh, so I don't know if you you know that Brent Burns has a ranch, yeah, in Texas, and he like ranches antelope and deer and elk, elk. and all sorts of stuff and wild boar, yeah. So he uh, he hunts it on his ranch and then eats it. <laughs> but it looked it looked good. Eh? That looks really good, man. I mean, if it wasn't for my Spanish heritage, I'd be having that more often than what do I have? Tamales and tacos and whatnot. But I make my own you street. Could, you could you could put that you could put that meat into a taco. Oh, dude! I mean, the carnes other tacos are good on their own, but put some of that elk on there. That takes it to a whole other level. Okay, it's, yeah. it's like what, what the San about. Diego Gulls do for their poutine. I mean, they have five different varieties of poutine, and the one that's the best seller. And I was reluctant to try this. They have carnes other poutine. Yo, that shit rules. Let that sink in. You have the best of. Canadian food with the best of Mexican food. You put it together with some banana peppers, and it's the best seller at Pachanga Arena by far. Yeah, man, you can. Uh, there's entire like poutine chains in in Canada that uh, have like your stock poutine, and then they have twenty different variants. So, uh, yeah, carne asada, carne asada poutine absolutely rules. I don't know, it's pretty good. It's it's just it's meat on top of fries, on top of gravy, on top of cheese. I don't yep. know. You can't really go wrong there. Oh, you can't go wrong at all. And the guy's from Montreal, too. I mean, he actually makes it legit. Oh, nice. Yeah, none of, none of the fake stuff that I've seen in other parts of California. Yes, yeah, I'm yeah, calling... No, you, can't, you can't use shredded cheese. Thank you so much for saying that. I'm calling out every other place that sells, quote-unquote, poutine and uses shredded cheese. That's not real poutine, folks. That's not. I'm sorry. All right, I've delved for... <laughs> Well, yeah, let's talk about hockey, even though our teams are absolute ass. <laughs> you wonder you wonder why I'm avoiding talking about our teams, because they suck. Because, let's face it, none of them are going to make the playoffs. 
The Ducks looked good against another crappy team, the LA Kings, the other night. For the first time, the Ducks outshot their opponents by that wide of a margin in that 3-1 victory. Uh, the Sharks, unfortunately for you guys, are in last place, but maybe not unfortunately because, hey, you could be getting a top lottery pick. Yeah, well, the, the, the thing is that the Sharks are trying to be good, or they came into the season trying to be good, and they have good, I believe Bugner said that they have good bones uh, of, the, of the team, which they do, so um, they're just trying to figure it out, but there's, like, they plug one hole, and then another hole opens, and then they plug that hole, and then, like, there's two more cracks, so... It's been interesting, but I think Ducks, like for San Jose coming into this Ducks, I think they played them twice and then they played the Kings twice. So they played the Knights once the COVID's got the schedule screwed up, but then they played the Ducks again. So in the next like eight games, they play or next six games, they play the Ducks four times or three times. So um, that's where these teams are going to have to make their hay, right? Like the Ducks, the Kings, the Coyotes, the Sharks is beating the other bad teams and trying to be on top of the heap. So I think San Jose Anaheim should be entertaining from a standpoint. Do you agree? Entertaining in the sense that it could be a goalie duel because John Gibson. Well, first off, what goalie is dueling from San Jose? Okay. That's a fair point. I mean, they are averaging almost the most goals per game. I think last I checked, they were second or third in goals allowed. Uh, Bless bless Ottawa. Yeah. Let me me tell, let me tell you. (laughs) Thank you, Sens. Uh, second in goals average. They've allowed 3.8 goals per game. Is that right? They've allowed that many goals per game? Yeah, well, they, they got beat down by Colorado uh, 7-3 or, or whatever. So, um, But, yeah, they're not, they're not like defensively super tight. So that's why I think the problem for San Jose is that John Gibson's really, really good, and he's playing out of his mind again this year, right? Yeah. Um, oh, absolutely. Like his his inevitable injury will happen, but right now he's insane. So San Jose is going to have to up their goal scoring. But the problem is that the Ducks kind of have like a sneaky okay attack. I think they have they have an okay attack on their third and fourth line. That's that's the key. Is their third and fourth line have been doing the most damage for the Ducks this season, not the likes of. You know, 45-year-old, I'm kidding, um, Ryan Getzloff, or even Adam Henrique, who got benched recently. That pissed nice. off a lot of people, by the way. Uh, interesting. Well, because <laughs> it pissed off people because Adam Henrique is so beloved. And this, has started, oh, okay. and this has started the rumor mill that, oh, you benched Adam Henrique. What does that mean? Could there be a trade? I mean, it's ridiculous. Do you think if they trade Adam Henrique, Trevor Zegers will show up? He'd better. He'd better <laughs> damn well show up. Not before. Not before this weekend, though. Please, please spare us. What? So, so what's gonna be? What's gonna be the Ducks' key to success this weekend? Um, if they're trying to take four points off the Sharks, uh, the only key to success might be on their abysmal power play, because they're sec- okay. they're second worst in power play. However, in their past three games, they've scored two power play goals. That's their only two power play goals this season. That's how crappy they've been. And the main reason is, yeah, they've changed around a bunch of their personnel on the first and second power play unit. Now you have Yanni Hockenpah on that unit, which is strange to me because he's not an offensive threat. But what he does is he'll keep the puck in the zone for extended periods of time. Uh, The last game, they had, I want to say a two-minute long segment where the Kings couldn't change people, they couldn't change personnel, and they were gassed. So as long as the Ducks can keep that kind of play up, 
they might have a chance. And that, that might be their best bet as far as netting maybe three or four points from the Sharks. Aside from that, maybe their first line defense and that's it. And relying on John Gibson, which I know the Ducks shouldn't do because, well, their defense is pitiful. Especially on their third line. Oof. Ben Hutton's on the third line. Oof. Jacob Larson. They still believe in Jacob Larson somehow. I don't know why. Bring up Josh Mahura. Come on. Come on, goals. Come on, cowards. Don't don't leave him in the goals. Bring him up already. Didn't Josh Mahura play last year a little bit? Only a little bit, and then he got sent down to the goals for whatever yeah. reason. And now he's mired in San Diego. He has no business being with the goals right now. It's sad. And maybe they have a chance against Devin Dubnik and Martin Jones. I feel bad for those two goalies. I feel bad. Du- Why? Dubnik has had better days. Marty Jones, I mean, he's still a great goalie. Wait, wait for it. He was great with the Kings for a stretch of time. Maybe it was a fluke. I don't know. But I've seen Martin Jones be a much more capable goalie, I guess. I mean, yeah, when they traded for him in 2015-16, he was really good. But um, they're not even, like, the thing with the goalies this year is that they're not even, like, the major issue. It's just San Jose as a, as a team gives up. They're, like, 31st in odd man rushes against. They're 31st uh, in, like, high danger chances against. They're 31st in uh, giving up passes to the slot. On the flip side, they're, like, 31st in uh, high danger shots for. So the team defense... Uh, is what's kind of feeling it because the sharks have been aver- like the sharks goaltenders have been average this year. So if they can get well, a little bit below average, but if they can get that little bit below average, average goaltending and they can button up a little bit of the team defense, um, I think they can neutralize like Anaheim only has 19 goals for right. Yep. Um, and two of them are on the power play. So that's 17 even strength goals or, or maybe a little bit less if they have a shorty, but if they can kind of neutral, if they can kind of button up the team defense a little bit, then they can focus on beating John Gibson because he's probably going to play at least one game, and I, I imagine Ryan Miller might play the other. Like, well, here's the thing: Gibson's played ten. Gibson's Ryan Miller's played, played all two. but one. No, it says Ryan Miller's played two. Oh, I maybe he came on in relief. No, there was there was that game that we want to forget about where Gibson gave up three goals in two minutes, but ah. that was on the defense. So yeah, so Gibson Gibson's played all the games but one. So I'm guessing yep. against an opponent like San Jose, we might see Ryan Miller, which. Again, if San Jose can be a little bit better at the transition defense and kind of neutralize, because the the Ducks don't have amazing offensive stars anymore. This isn't the days of like prime Getzlaff and prime Perry and and, and those guys flying around. Um, so in Solani, I guess, and, and if you go back farther, Korea. Uh, so if they can neutralize it a little bit, and then they get Ryan Miller. That'll help them pop a couple of goals because they do have the ability to score score some goals. Um, and then against John Gibson, they're going to have to really bear uh, like bear down, and, and it might be a two one game. You know what I mean? Just because he's John Gibson, I hate John Gibson. Why is he here? Trade him. <laughs> <laughs> because Anaheim, because Anaheim, they have him locked up for the next few years, and they they believe he'll do well for the next few seasons, considering that the Ducks are going to let. $23 million off the books next season, which is a lot of money. Hey, the Corey Perry buyout goes away. Yay! <laughs> the Ryan Kessler money goes away. Yay! All the other stupid buyout money goes away. Hooray! They have a chance after next season. I guess. <laughs> All right, uh, we're going to head into the first intermission. Uh, Kyle, you are familiar with betonline.ag, right? Yes. Well, How's this for a line? 
for the first time this season, the Ducks are the favorites. Wow. Really? <laughs> for the first time. They're a minus 110. So if you go to betonline.ag right now, you can see the Ducks are a minus 110. They're actually the favorites. But one, it's the Sharks. Two, the Ducks are at home for what it's worth. So, yeah, first time for everything, folks. Coming off that dominating win against the Kings, but it, it it's the Kings, folks. And also, Kyle, I see it's a minus or it's an over under five and a half goals for both teams. You take the over or under on that. Uh, Gibson game under, Ryan Miller game over. Love it. I agree on that. So, folks, if you want to check out betonline.ag, well, first off, they're the one place that you can be trusted to have you covered. And also, if you use promo code Locked On on your first deposit, you'll get a 50% welcome bonus. And, Kyle, are you going to put any bets or any fun bets down on this? Because the Sharks are underdogs. You could win a bit of money on this one. Let me tell you that I had a $50 bet locked in for Tampa to win by four over the Lightning. Uh, tell you that I hit the X button by accident and then check it out. Oh, and no. Didn't do it. If only you kept... did you win that, that fake money that I never won back? If only you so, kept yes, that I will bet. Be putting down money. If only you kept that bet. So, once again, that's betonline.ag. Promo code locked on gets you a 50% welcome bonus. And that is betonline.ag, the exclusive online sportsbook of the Locked On Podcast Network. And we'll be back with more crossover talk on the other side. Welcome back to the best podcast your car will ever need, the Locked On Sharks, Locked On Ducks crossover. And this is brought to you by Rock auto.com and speaking of great car parts uh kyle where do you think the folks should get their car parts from uh rock auto oh and why is that sir i don't know you should tell me though (laughs) well first off they're family owned and operated for over two decades and they are much less in price than the big box retailers you know why pay full price when you could pay half of that so go to rockauto.com and in the how did you hear about us box Tell them that Locked On Sharks or Locked On Ducks sent you. Once again, that's rockauto.com. All the parts your car will ever need. All right, so we're talking about the weekend series taking place here at the Ponda between the Sharks and the Ducks. And you mentioned some stats about the high danger chances against. You said the Sharks were dead last. Hey, the Ducks are right there with you. They're almost last place. Uh... Well, yeah, congratulations to everybody who follows these teams, but, um, <laughs> yeah, it, it's, bunch. it's, 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 poor. it's, it's poor. Uh, so that's why, that's why I think like these, this matchup is kind of key for the Ducks, especially, well, if the Sharks want to get back on track, they need to win two games in regulation, uh, and get four points. Cause that would bring them up to a tie with the Ducks, uh, with 10, but if the Ducks can somehow wiggle out a bunch of points here then they're gonna keep pace with the wild and the uh the the knights i think oh my um, god are you implying right there, what right there. i think you're implying <laughs> no no the knights have played way less games they're just they're just currently sitting in fourth i was gonna say um so they'll, they'll keep pace with the wild. no no they'll keep pace with the wild which is i think 
the leader uh, in the clubhouse for that fourth spot. But who who who's going to be dangerous for the Ducks this weekend? You're not going to believe this. I I was going to say possibly Max Comtois on this one. There's a oh, name you nice. haven't heard. Well, he's, he's been, he's been, uh, well, yeah, uh, for good reason. Is he uh, <laughs> has he been balling out this season? Uh, he's got four points. He ties the team lead in goals with three. Only three. Same with Danton Heinen and Nick Delorier. Though, if you had had those three names as your team leaders for goals, you would think I'm full of shit, right? Yes. Well, I see that Ryan Getzloff has no goals, so uh, that's probably not ideal. No, it's not. I mean, those those top two lines are not doing well. Uh, Jakob Silverberg also has three points, excuse me. But most of that top line has not been producing the way they should. Adam Henrique only has one goal this season. He has two points this season. He got benched for a reason. Raquel hasn't been producing as well as he would have liked. Um, I look at those bottom three lines. The Nick Deloriers, the Danton Heines, the Max Comtois, the David Backus. He just came back, and he scored a goal his first game back. Even he's performing well. Um, the kid line for the Ducks might be the biggest thing. If you have Max Jones, Max Comtois, Sam Steele could be in there. Uh, those have been their best lines, the third and fourth line. So that could be the big difference. And they're a very unselfish line, too. They actually know how to pass worth a damn. They actually know how to cross ice pass and not be stagnant on offense, which is the problem with the first and second units for the Ducks. Yeah, so they have similar issues to the... So San Jose just recently rejiggered their lines, uh, and they've got some success with some of the lines, but they they've keep they can't find a consistent... Um, fourth line guy and they, they keep cycling in and out so if you're top this might be like a good remedy for your top line to get going if they get if they get into a matchup where it's one of these mismanaged lines or mis not mismanaged mismatched lines that san jose has been trying to figure out but who, but again san jose's top line with ryan donato logan couture and kevin lebank uh has, has been really good so uh, it's going to be a, a weird adventure on the line matchup. One line that I did not mention as far as the Ducks are concerned is this mismatching of a kid line. We have Ricard Raquel, Isaac Lundestrom, who just came up from San Diego, and Max Comtois. Those three had the last game a perfect Corsi 4 percentage. 100%. 100. Combined with Cam Fowler and the aforementioned Yanni Hockenpah, that's been a pretty good line the last couple of games for the Ducks and probably one of their best mismatches that Dallas Eagles has pulled out. Because I, I know he wants to keep Lundestrom, Comtois, Terry possibly together, maybe Sam Steele in there. He likes having that kid line. But the last game, he really mixed it up a lot. You have Troy Terry with Ryan Getzloff now. And you have, I mean, Sam Steele with Jakob Silverberg and Denton Heinen. He's not keeping any of those kid lines together at all. So that could be a big difference. And as far as the Sharks, one line that I think has been pretty okay recently, I don't know if you agree with this, has been the uh, Leonard Hurdle Kane line, where they've looked pretty decent at times. Yeah, Leonard uh, is with the Barracuda now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so he might be back up. Uh, he might not be, but they've recently broken that line up. Uh, and Leonard has been. Well, he got scratched, and uh, uh, he's been down uh, on a different line. And they, they've kept uh, Kane and Hurdle together. I think Timo Meyer's in there now, right? Put... 
Yeah, they put him back for the last game. And actually, did at the beginning of the season, they didn't do very well together, and they broke them up. And then this last game, they did they did quite well together. So um, we might see them again uh, for sure. But that that extra winger on that line is kind of uh, all over the place. And actually, in the most recent practice, the most recent information we have, uh, it was actually Kane Hurdle Marlowe for some reason. Really? Um, I don't know if that's because... Yeah, I don't know if that's because, like, Leonard and Balser and, and stuff were down with the CUDA and it was just, like, the first practice back. But um, it might it might be Marlowe up on that second line for just to try to move things around. And then Meyer would be back down with uh, Gambrell and most likely Gregor, but possibly Nieto and then the Sorensen uh, bottom line. So, or yeah, it could, it's, it's, or it could been, be a uh, it's been a rocky road. It could be a paper transaction for all we know. And they could for which for the for the Barracuda Sharks because they could go up and down pretty easily. Because if I remember correctly, I think the San Jose Barracuda might be down in SoCal this weekend. Uh, they're in Arizona right oh, now. They're in, that's right. They're in Arizona. Um, Never mind. John Leonard. Uh, so John Leonard actually just did play in that last game, uh, their last preseason game. He did straight up play in that game. So. Um, it wasn't it wasn't a paper transaction like no Gregor's on the taxi squad and Sasha Shemalevsky's on the uh, oh, wait. taxi squad, yeah. but they're still with the Sharks. Uh, but Leonard Leonard fully went down and played with uh, played with the Cuda and, and Balsers is down there getting conditioning now. You know so what? one person to watch actually this weekend uh, is Sasha Shemalevsky. He'll most likely be getting in a game, uh, his first NHL game, because he was supposed to get in the last one, but there was a paperwork error. Uh, so they had to scratch him at the last second. Yeah. Wow. Uh, the fax machine broke. The fax machine broke. So um, <laughs> we don't really know what happened. All we know is that it was through no fault of his own or what. It was literally just like a uh, an error, like a paperwork error. Uh, so he he'll most likely be getting into one of these two games uh, and debuting this weekend. So that's that's fine. I mean, the first problem is using fax machines. Still, who uses those anymore? The NHL. Oh, apparently, the trade deadline trade de- trade deadline day is conducted all on fax machines. That's why we don't <laughs> hear crap for a while. Yeah, exactly. It's uh, it's it's an outdated technology, but yeah, they. Uh, I, I hope uh, Shimolevsky makes his debut because it's it's a lot easier making your debut against say the Ducks than it is against like the Avalanche. That's very true. That's not, <laughs> that's not the like <laughs> Frederick Handemark, uh made his debut against the Blues as the fourth line center. He played eight minutes and then is never to be seen again. So that's that's a that's a tough spot. So, um, yeah, Sasha Shimolevsky debut, hopefully. All right, Kyle, let's get down to business here. Uh, let's make some predictions. What do you think? Instead of score predictions first, Hell yeah. Let's do game predictions first. What are some things that could happen this weekend at the Ponda? Things that could happen. Throw out a wacky hmm. prediction or two. Eric Carlson gets his first goal, <laughs> and. <laughs> The Sharks achieve a sh- uh, the Sharks achieve a shutout. Devin Dubnik gets a shutout. Oh, holy crap! You're going there. Yeah, I mean the the Ducks only have 19 goals for and 17, possibly less of them, right? Even strength. It's not exactly 15. Like this is an offensive juggernaut. Yeah, 15. So this is this is not like it's an offensive juggernaut. And Devin Dubnik did play uh, pretty solid in his his last outing, and I think he'll get the next one. Uh, the Sharks are coming off a whole bunch of rest. Uh, because the the Knights um, series got canceled, so they've been off since last weekend. Uh, they've been off almost a full a full week. So the storm is brewing there, and and there's there's a chance that the the Ducks don't get an offensive output game, and and the Sharks pop a couple past uh, 
Brian Miller or John Gibson, and uh, it ends up like 3 nothing, and the Sharks get their first shutout. I'm going to predict one fight this weekend. I'm going to predict that Nick... One? Del- just one. Maybe two. Okay. I think Nick Delorier is not done yet. He had a pretty decent fight against Curtis McDermott on Tuesday. I think he's ready to put down the gloves again and get another scrap. So if that were to happen, who would be the most likely combatant for the Sharks? Or who'd be just kind of like the wild card? Who would fight? Uh, either Evander Kane or maybe Kinyzov. I don't even know if he's a fighter, but this is the only guy. Like the Sharks still have a ton of fight. Like they're the Sharks' fourth line is traditionally like Nieto, Marlo Sorensen, like Gregor. Like these guys aren't fighters, right? Fight. Dylan Gambrell. Like these, these 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 guys don't fight. So um, Evander Kane would for sure if things are if things are going south and. I got to imagine the, the next most logical guy would be Artemi Kinyizhov, this big Russian <laughs> MFR. But I don't even know if he's a fighter. But no, but I would love to see that fight. I would love to see that. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I don't. I don't. Uh, it's not even Artemi. It's it's Nikolai Kinyizhov. There's two guys with very similar last names on this team, and I get them confused. Um, Kinyizhov is. Uh, let me let me pull this up here. Six uh, two. So he's, he's, he could handle himself. So, yeah, I'll say Kane or Kinyizhov. All right. I'll go with that. And I've got a bold prediction here. Ryan Getzloff will score his yes. first goal this weekend. Ooh, I like it. And he's going to do it off of Martin Jones. Because yeah, he's, hey, totally fair. Totally fair. He loves former Kings goalies. For some reason, he burns the former Kings goalies every time. So, sorry, Marty. Had to do it. That's fine. He's been scored on before. Yeah. <laughs> A lot this season. All right, let's make some predictions. Um, score predictions Friday and Saturday. What do you got? Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna put a little disclaimer on here. Oh, well, because I don't I don't know when Gibson's playing and when Miller's playing. Yeah, so that's true. In, in in the Gibson game, I'll just say the Gibson game. You can divide these up however you see fit, listeners. Uh, in the Gibson game, I'm gonna say it's. An overtime game, and it's 3-2 for the Sharks. Wow. And then in the Ryan Miller game, in the Ryan Miller game, I think it's uh, a 4-0 Sharks win. You are intent on that shutout. All yeah, right. and I just predicted it. I can't, I can't go away from it now. No, I'll agree with you on this. The Ducks will score twice on the game where Gibby starts, and he'll allow one. I'm going to say 2-1 Ducks. 2-1. Right. On the Gibby game, which is still okay. below the over/under. So, hey, if you're listening, take the under on this. Um, as far as the other one, the Miller start, yeah, I gotta go San Jose, but in overtime, and I'm going to say three to two San Jose in overtime. So the Ducks get three points this weekend. Damn, I'm saying I'm saying the Ducks get one point and the Sharks get four. Ooh. All right, let's go with that. Yeah. The, yeah. And let's see whose predictions are correct after that. Uh, Kyle, thanks so much for coming on. I greatly appreciate it. Yeah, anytime, anytime in. They play uh, four million times more this season, so I'm sure I'm sure we'll do it again. And I cannot wait to have you come back for the Tournament of Champions because we have one more regular episode of Jeopardy and the Tournament of Champions. And so far, you've got to face Laura Saba. You, you two... uh, I already beat her twice, I think. No, you tied her once. You tied her once. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. I forgot about that. So 
she could be back for revenge. So can't wait for that. And we'll see you again soon. Perfect. Bye. There he goes. That's Kyle Demetrius from Locked on Sharks. You can follow him on Twitter at Kyle Demetrius, spelled the traditional way. And you can also follow the show at Locked on Sharks. So thanks once again to Kyle Demetrius for coming on the show. All right, we're going to head to the second intermission. We still have another segment after all that because I got emails to read. But first, let's talk about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar in the land. They come in 18 fantastic flavors like Cherry Barcia, Double Chocolate, Cookies and Cream, among others. They are only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and packed with 17 grams of protein. Go to BuiltBar.com right now and use promo code LOCKEDON to get 20% off your next order. And also, don't forget to try the Built Boost Built Go. They are also fantastic. I take them on hikes. They get me over that hump. Once again, that is BuiltBar.com. Promo code LOCKEDON will get you 20% off your next order. Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar in the land. And after the second intermission, the mailbag is open, and we'll get to those questions on the other side. Welcome back to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You're locked in with Jason J.D. Hernandez, and believe it or not, we still have a mailbag segment to get through. Yes, you guys asked some questions. I will answer them on here. And after those last two segments with Cal Demetrius, we're going to try to get through these as quickly as possible because I got four questions from three people. So let's get to those questions right away. And first off, thank you all for your questions. They are greatly appreciated. I plan on doing this bi-weekly. So every two weeks, we will have a mailbag segment on Locked on Anaheim Ducks. So let's get started with Julie from North County, who simply asks, why aren't the Ducks wearing the reverse retros against the LA Kings? This is a missed opportunity. Thanks from North County. All right. So by the way, thanks for the question. I agree 100%. Considering that the LA Kings wore their reverse retros and they were the foreign blue jerseys, they were the home team. The Ducks' primary reverse retro jersey is a white base. And typically, the road team wears white. So the Ducks could have easily worn their reverse retros. What's disappointing, they're only wearing them twice this season. Only two times. Once on... February or late February against the Vegas Golden Knights and once in early April against the Blues and that's it just two times both those games are at home meaning that it forces the other team to wear their colorful jerseys so for Vegas they could wear their alternate they could wear the gray home whatever it is yeah it forces the home team to wear white and the road team to wear colors it's bizarre these days I know back in the day, the home team wore white. I get that. Keep in mind, the last time the Ducks and Kings did something like this, the Kings wore their Burger King jerseys and the Ducks wore their Wild Wing jerseys. So this was just a missed opportunity. In fact, most of the teams wearing the reverse retros this season, just to expand on this answer, most of them are of the colored variety. And most times the teams wore the reverse retros are at home. The one exception so far this season is, has been Edmonton versus Toronto. And doing a little bit of just deeper research, teams that have worn the reverse retro jerseys, they are 4-6. and six. 
So maybe it's not necessarily good luck to wear your reverse retros because more often than not, the team that wear those reverse retro jerseys are going to lose the game. So hey, maybe it was a good thing the Ducks didn't wear them because they beat the Kings. So there you go. Thanks for the question. This next question comes to us from Matthew Yabuki. So Matt in Huntington Beach. He asks a very good question and I love this question. Are there any contractual advantages to not bringing up prospects like Zegris right now? For example, baseball teams g- gaining an extra year of control by delaying the recall of their top minor leaguers. Thanks. Thanks, Matt, for the question. So the way that entry level... So first off, Trevor Zegris has kind of a weird contract here where he is in the minor leagues. He was supposed to play elsewhere, but COVID hit. So Trevor Zegris has what's called an entry-level contract slide. And what that means for this particular season is that uh, the contract could roll over. But because of the minor league, I guess, differences this year, AHL players can earn a minimum of about $35,000, $40,000. That's as far as the um, union is concerned. And by the way, thanks to Tony Androcknis, for also pointing out the minimum salaries. And it looks like minor league players are going to make about 90000 So Trevor Zegris could make a tenth of what that entry-level contract could be worth. The 925 you see on Cap Friendly, for example, that's the maximum amount they could make. That doesn't necessarily mean they are going to make that money. And as far as holding them back, so for players that are 19 or under, they're allowed to play a set number of NHL games without the entry-level deal taking effect. On normal seasons, players can play in nine or fewer games without the ELC kicking in. That's entry-level contract. But the ELC would kick in as soon as they play their 10th NHL game. But this season is a shortened season, so that number is lessened. And last I heard, it was seven games, seven or fewer games. So if Trevor Zegras plays about eight games this season, that ELC will kick in and the contract would begin at that point. But because we're in a pandemic, it would be a prorated amount. So he'd get the prorated amount from the American Hockey League and the prorated amount from the National Hockey League. The Ducks have already played 11 games. So that's about a fifth off of that. So the max amount he could make this season is about maybe $750,000, and that's it. So as soon as he plays eight games, the contract kicks in. So if the Ducks were to hold him back and play him for only, let's let's say, five or six games, the contract would not take effect this season. It would take effect the following season. So as far as contractual advantages, that's the one reason why you don't bring up Zegers right now. I mean, it's a terrible reason, but considering that the Ducks are strapped for cash as far as the salary cap, that might be the only reason why Zegris is still in the American Hockey League. And if you see Zegris still in the AHL by, let's say, middle of March or late March, that's absolutely the reason why he's going to stay down there. So if he doesn't come up soon, it's going to be a money issue. Keep in mind, the Ducks have a lot of dead cap space. They're still hurting from the Corey Perry buyout where he's getting paid six. That's a lot of money. Six million dollars. So that's the big reason, if any, 
that you don't bring up Trevor Zegris. So thanks, Matt, for the question. That's a great question. And Matthew, I hope you send in more questions. So thanks for that. And finally, we have a couple questions from Josh Nowakowski. So Josh, I was on his podcast recently. He hosts the J Sports Podcast. So I'm going to give a little shout out here. Check out the J Sports Podcast. I was on that recently. And I threw up a link on the LO underscore Ducks Twitter. So I'll throw up that link once again. And he has two questions, and I really like it. So here you go. Josh, I like I promised, I'm going to ask the two questions. First, he asks, three ways to fix the Ducks defense and take pressure off of Gibson. Okay, there's a lot of ways to fix the Ducks defense, so I'll name three ways. One of them is Josh Mahura. He is currently in San Diego right now. Uh, the second way to fix the Ducks defense is is to probably pick someone up on the free market. Um, Not a certain player, but there are other D-men out there they could pick up off of waivers just to kind of plug into that area. But look, look into your youth. Look into your deep defensive pool. And this goes into reason number three. Bring up Jamie Drysdale. If you want someone that is very light on his feet, he's a very airy skater. This I liked seeing a lot, so go with me on this. He's light on his feet in the sense that uh, his edge work makes it look like he's floating on air. His edge work is not as sharp or choppy as other players. So think about maybe Connor McDavid, where most of his drive comes from his lower body and he digs into the ice a little bit more. Jamie Drysdale doesn't dig into the ice as much, but he utilizes that edge work very efficiently. So Jamie Drysdale could be a player you bring up. Josh Mahur you could bring up or pick up someone cheap on the free agent market. Three ways to do it. There you go. And as far as his second question, (laughs) I love this. And I guess for a goofy question, why is Delorier the best player on the Ducks? (laughs) I love it. Delorier is the best player on the Ducks right now. That's not exactly a lie. It's not hyperbole. Delorier is the best player on the Ducks right now. He is skating like he has a rocket up his ass. I've been saying this since last season. He has a bunch of goals over the last 14 games. He had the hat trick, the natural hat trick at the end of last season. He had the Gordie Howe hat trick against the LA Kings. He's helping to lead the team in goals, believe it or not. Nick Delorier is tied for the team lead in goals with three, but he's still tied for the team lead. He's also been great on defense. He's been great on picking up his teammates and bringing that energy that the Ducks sorely need. So as far as best players, I'm going to say Nick Deloria is up there. I'm going to say Yanni Hockenpah has also been very underrated. But Nick Deloria, yes, he might be the best player on the Ducks right now. That contract extension is looking very good right now. If you guys remember, during the offseason... He got signed to a two-year extension worth $2 million. Yeah, he's making a million per. That's it. Carter Rowney is making more. Troy Terry's making more. Derek Grant's making more. Heinen's making more. Raquel, Bacchus, Silverberg, Henrik, Getzloff. They're all making more money than the best player on your team, which is Nick Delorier. So I got to give him some props there. And thanks for the questions. Thanks to everyone that sent them in. We're going to do this bi-weekly. So questions, send them in to LockedOnAnaheimDucks at gmail.com and I will read them on the air. So thanks everyone for that. 
And thank you to Kyle Demetrius for coming on the show. Well, a lot of things to go around. A great way to finish off the week on Locked On Anaheim Ducks. And once again, if you want to listen, check us out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever podcasts can be heard. Don't forget to rate five stars. Subscribe if you have not already. And follow us on Twitter. My personal Twitter is at StimpyJD. The show's Twitter is at LO underscore Ducks. And don't forget, we have a lot of hockey action this weekend. And you know what? Dual screen this weekend. Because the American Hockey League, the AHL, has a free preview this weekend. So while you have the Ducks on the TV playing the Sharks, you can see the San Diego Goals playing on your phone, on your tablet, on your laptop. Check out the San Diego Goals on there. And this goes on both days. Ducks play Friday, Saturday. Goals play Friday, Saturday. So check all that out. Enjoy the hockey this weekend because there's a lot of it. You get to see the Ducks of the present and the Ducks of the future because guess who's playing for the goals? Trevor Zegris and Jamie Drysdale. They are making their actual professional debuts. So you may as well check that out too. Also, also, check out Locked On NHL, Locked On Bets with your boy Q and Locked On Today, all of which on the Locked On Podcast Network. And once again, we had him on earlier, so I'm going to mention this once again. You can file Kyle Demetrius at Kyle Demetrius and follow Locked On Sharks. And thanks once again to Kyle for coming on for that fun crossover. We'll see if our predictions are correct. All right, that's a great way to wrap up the week. So thank you all so, so much for Locked On Anaheim Ducks. I'm Jason J.D. Hernandez saying have a great weekend. And hopefully you guys stay safe. And please be kind to one another. And Ducks fly together. Fly together.